Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Hi, I'm Sarah Smith. If you're the type of person that goes to liberty as other people would go on safari, and the fact that John Lewis doesn't have a funeral service makes you fret, Sarah Smith cleaning cloths are for you. Sarah Smith, available from Sainsbury's for the Posher Washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. This week's show is sponsored by Tracy Shevin, who is raising funds for her local cancer unit in Stoke-on-Trent. Her husband, Andrew, was diagnosed nearly five years ago with stage four cancer. He's been lucky to survive these five years. However, unfortunately, the cancer has spread further and he's got to the stage where treatment wouldn't be effective. During the five years, Andrew has had several chemotherapy treatments as well as operations. He's received fabulous treatment by the staff at the hospital and Tracy would like to give something back to the unit, maybe a comfy chair for a patient or their relatives. If you'd like to donate to her fund, the page is justgiving.com slash Tracy dash Chevin. That's C-H-E-V-I-N. Thank you from Tracy Chevin with Dumpty Dog Nancy and Dumpty Mog Pushk. Dancing Dynamo Archers Prince, that is Royfield Brown, and with me I've got Purple Drizzle, that is Lucy Freeman. And the last part of our celebrity death epic spring is you. Never meant to cause you any sorrow. Never meant to cause you any pain. The only one 
dumb at all well it wasn't was it folks it nope. was a homage to the great purple one who passed this you went all alan partridge then a homage <laughs> <laughs> a homage from Ava. <laughs> the great purple one who passed last week yes it was all about herbal lay folks because and there's going to be a couple more herbal lays uh pepper in this show but lucy yes if a famous pop star has mm-hmm. popped his clogs yeah. Hasn't popped his clog, sorry. And there's, there's very few left. That's true. Ronnie Corbett. I Bloody know. Laura. Alan Rickman. Victoria Wood. How did you Ooh. feel when you heard the Victoria Wood news? It was honestly, I honestly felt, this sounds really lovely and ridiculous, but mm. I honestly felt as if her friend had died. Oh. It was. A, because she's been a part of my life for as long as I can remember. And I've, I've, I've thought she was, you know, she's somebody that I you know just just absolutely worshipped thought she was fantastic and it's amazing how some people said i never realized she was that old or i never realized she i always thought she was some people said i always thought she was my age Mm. because she was so good at appealing to everybody to making Mm. um just being so warm and human that she sort of everybody felt like she got them and and so her everybody was 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 surprised at how old or young or whatever she was at her age because uh, they just felt that she represented them i think yes she was f- absolutely fantastic and i was genuinely gutted mm. and you sort of think about all the things that y- she might have done and you're never going to see and uh, you know oh, yeah just terrible 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 i Oh well. <laughs> anyway, yes. <laughs> I shouldn't really be giggling at the end of that. Best, best edit that bit out. Well, no, it's because we're English, you see, so we have to giggle. Well, yeah, because we're uncomfortable with talking about yeah. grief, aren't we? But she actually did the best sketch in the world about that. Did she? About how it? Yeah, she said in America when someone dies, or in Italy, you know, in India people chuck themselves on the on the on the corpse. In in Italy, there's mm. wailing and gnashing of teeth, and then in Arabic countries you have the ululating thing. And in um in England you have someone's died, right? Seventy two baps, Connie, you slice I'll scrape. Well we do it now. We do it you slice I'll scrape. It's you know <sighs> Yes, if any of our overseas listeners uh I'm sure you have, because if you're this sort of thing, then you're Victoria Wood sort of thing. But if you haven't ever seen any of it, then go and look at it because it tells you more about uh, England, the, the Victoria Wood and Alan Bennett between them pretty much have written English social history. And uh, if you, yeah, if you want to have a laugh and also 
glean an enormous amount about how we actually live, how it's not like Downton Abbey, it's like Victoria Wood, then, uh, yeah, go and watch uh, As Seen on TV. Mm. Have they written English social history or do they comment on modern British mores? Well, I think if you... If you I just think do... you'll find I'm correct here. Oh, all right, then, yes, you're correct. But I tell you who also does, does a good wake in the, in the way, in, you know, after someone's passed the Irish. Did you see... I posted up on, on, on the Twitters uh, about a month ago, Farmer Jeff Foley, who died age 45, and in the pub they were singing his favourite song, Mr Brightside. Oh, yes, and the bloke stood up on the bar and yes. sang it. <gasps> Goose pimples, that was. It was amazing. Absolutely. They know how, how to, how to yep. party, don't they, when someone's yep. passed. Yeah, mm. and it goes on for days. Yeah. In Jamaica, they do a thing called Seven Nights, so they just party for seven nights when someone's passed as well. Wow. Mm. Seven nights of drinking and, and partying. Yeah, I'd be dead after that. <laughs> <laughs> Start to feel a bit queasy on night five. By night seven, <laughs> they'd be carrying me out in a body bag. <laughs> um, if somebody does want to do a dum-de-dum, because I think that's where, that's where we departed from our script, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, sorry. Yes, Can you do. remind our listeners how that went the accolade of dum-de-dum of the week? And let's hope that no celebrity has passed. No. So uh, there's um, no homages. No, <laughs> like to sing us a dumpty dum. Give us a plot prediction or test your bed springs. Ring us on 0203031305 or leave us a message on Speakpipe. Thanks to lovely Shambridges for her amazing voices, to Cosmo for his podcast, Rind Ups, and to Sarah Smith for sponsoring us. Um, thanks also to Derek for the loan in the back bedroom. Derek has had a very disappointing week. He's not in a good mood. He, um, he entered a Borchester Echo prize draw to win a night with Madonna. Uh, he's a big fan. So he splashed out and spent 30, uh, 35 quid on uh, on tickets. He won, and then he found out it wasn't Madonna. It was Madonna. From- <laughs> <laughs> I once worked with a bloke who was Madonna's boyfriend. What? Had been, yeah, 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 yeah. It's before what was she like? I, well, he... Don't mind he, what he was like. What was she like? <laughs> well, I never met her, but uh, he just constantly just went on about it for it's before she went out with Guy Ritchie so she just moved to London and um he was her boyfriend for I don't know how long before Guy Ritchie and reading in between the lines she dumped him because he didn't have he wasn't a man of means you know I'm not saying he was broke but yeah she was you know he was completely utterly a kept man and didn't and I think she probably could have um, gone with that, but he didn't have the social circle. Right. You know, yes. his friends weren't jumping in Lamborghinis and Porsches. And Well, at that time, she was desperately trying to be English, wasn't yes, she? Yes, absolutely. She was around in tweed caps. and Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but all he did was just, just talk about her constantly. He, he was yeah, a... would you, I mean, that would, that would be pretty much probably the most exciting thing that's ever happened to you. For him, I mean, for some people, that's kind of that would be like the one the, the one thing that made them different from everyone else. So they wouldn't ever stop talking about it. True, but he always wore the same clothes every day as well. Yeah. What the same ones, or just he had no, a lot? No, he of... wore the same clothes. I'm not saying they were dirty, so he probably washed them every night. But he always wore the same clothes every day. But he was bloody handsome. I gotta give him that. His name was Andy. Mm. 
He had black hair and piercing blue eyes, and he just—he was obviously some kind of ex-model when he's a little bit younger okay. and stuff. Like he looked great, but yeah, Madonna this, Madonna that, Madonna this, Madonna that. Then we went here, then we went there. Did he call her Madonna? What did he call her? Madonna. What to her face? Well, oh, he probably had some Madonna, kind of come over here. Well, no, he probably What's had some it? kind of pet name for her. No, but her name isn't Madonna. It, I mean, I know it. No, it is, isn't it? It is Madonna Louisa Chicken, but. But it, it's just Mads. Like calling some. He called yeah. her Maddie. I don't know. I can't remember. You know, he called her Madonna. Never, you're such a bloke. You never know the good stuff. You only know weird stuff. Like he always wore the same clothes. <laughs> Who cares? I was. <laughs> she was like. Oh. I think she was a bit of a woman on heat. Is what I seem to remember. Like she, she really well, liked. She liked to test the bed springs. She would have been. <laughs> Down what with Linda Snell. Say, yes, I went out with Madonna, and actually, she wasn't that up for it. <laughs> you know, no, but she that. wasn't just that she was up for it. She was good at being up for it. Right. She was extremely good at it in right. the sexual arts. Well, you'd kind of expect that. Well, you would, but to be fair, you would th- when you sit down and think about it, you're almost letting yourself in for a disappointment because you think, well, if anyone's going to be good at the sexual arts, yeah. it's going to be Madonna. Yeah. So she's got a massive reputation to live up to, and she lived up to it. So that shows right. you how good she was. Right. Anyway, right, what's this show all about? I've forgotten. Celebrity deaths and <laughs> being up for it. Did you hear, talking about celebrity deaths, <laughs> about, there's this, there was an article um, in doing the French media about all the celebrity deaths this year. Mm-hmm. Have you heard about it? No. You're so good. And um, they have statistically, mathematically proven that there aren't... year of death. Oh, yeah, really? No, that there aren't. Um, but... Yes, yeah, no, we haven't had the whole year. But, but, but... We'd have lost most of the Oscar committee by the end of well, 2016. We'd hope so. Then our black <laughs> folks might get a look in. <laughs> just have Chris Rock and Will Smith and... Yeah, and Idris yeah. Elba. Um but the um, what was said is that um, rock and roll, the, the kind of the birth of kind of new celebrity through music and through TV as opposed to cinema and writing books, etc, um, is 50, 60 years old. And, and if those people were in their 20s, mm. um, around about the time of you know the 60s, etc, it's you know, they're just naturally passing. So hence, it feels like an acceleration. But they did a whole load of maths and all sorts and just proven that, no, it's just a normal year. Really. That's all right, then. If they did a whole load of maths, I'm, re- I'm reassured. Yep, 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 yep. So don't worry, Lucy. Okay, I'll right. stop worrying. There's going to be no more celebs dying before the end of the... Oh, Piers Morgan, he can go. <laughs> he's not a celeb. He's an idiot. Well, you know, is it, he's in the limelight. Is it, you know what? On this week's show, we have calls from Witherspoon, who sound, yes, who says some stuff. Miss Alliance, who staggered at Pat and Tony. New York Nigel, who wants to know what the Surrealist tribute was. Julie, who has a Jess theory. Stephen Perkins, who doesn't know what's going on with the Little Henry sound effect. Goddess Diva, who sounds a bit annoyed with Tony. And Jojo Sexy Heels, who's heard the cool music. But first, before all of that, Ooh, it's about time we got to Lucy Wee Freeman's week in Ambridge. Mm-hmm. 
Robert tried to take Lindy Bottom up the shepherd's hut and the bed collapsed. As a result, Linda won't cough up Eddie's money for what is basically a wheelie bin with a chimney. Of course, Eddie needs the money even more now as he's having to fork out for the brisket tin brinks mat gold bullion robbery. No one's twigged it's Georgie yet, even though he's swanning around wearing a Rolex and flying to school in a helicopter. There was a lot of bed bouncing this week. Lillian and Justin boinging around in Underwood's bed department. Lindy Bottom and Eddie clambering around in the wheelie bin. Everyone was having a jolly time in the bed department, apart from Pip, (laughs) who seems to have sublimated her sexual impulses into painting Josh as some sort of corrupt mafia boss. Uh, Ian is as shocked as Adam is about Helen, apparently. Well, that's good. He is silently and absently shocked. Adam seems to be more concerned about the cricket team, which due to stabbings, firings and various normal acts of village life is now reduced (laughs) to Bert Fry, Kira and Scruff. Uh, Jazza is still squidging on the sofa between Fallon and Harassment Burns. If he hangs around any longer, Fallon will upcycle him. He'll be stripped, varnished and festooned in bunting. He'll probably quite like that. Jim was worried, as he still has a lot to do at Green Knackers, he said. Jazza was getting a bit SNP about the Queen's birthday and the FA Cup and St George's Day and everything else, but subsided like a deflated bagpipe when Jim has apparently told him there was no room for him at Green Knackers. The end of the odd couple, a nation mourns. Anna Toboggan, who continues to sound like someone doing the voiceover of a nature documentary, it's 4am and the badgers are on the move, was trying to get Helen to talk and Pat to shut up. Ursula had a brave stab, ha-ha, at trying to finish Robert off by making him read Wilbur Smith, but sadly he even survived that. Pat seemed astonished that Ursula and Rob were, you know, a bit miffed. Proper touchy, some people, aren't they? Neil is furious, hopping mad he is. He went, J.R. Archer has been trying to flog the fair buttocks eggs to Wayne, king of the Tucsons. Even Ruth, along with most of the mothers in Ambridge, seems very keen to believe the worst of her offspring and keeps having words with Josh about how he must be a slightly incompetent and indecisive businessman to keep the family trait going. Mm. Pip was helping Rex in her role as unpaid intern to fair buttock enterprises by removing chickens' eggs from the cutlery drawer of the caravan before they wheeled the egg mobile back into the field and the chickens all decided that they didn't like it and preferred sleeping in bunk beds, watching TV and enjoying the ensuite power shower. Pip is still <laughs> trotting around the village asking if she could borrow people's cows and everyone said, no, you may not borrow my cows because the last time you did, you took ages to bring them back and when you did, one of them was dented and their batteries were flat. <laughs> Kenton, the fun fascist, has dusted off his megaphone and decided to liven up St George's Day by hiring a dragon. Peggy's available. The whole thing then degenerated into the sort of event in which the bull specialises. Kenton and Jolene devising some sort of celebration which enables them to showcase their juvenile relationship and have a massive domestic in front of an entire pub. A scene with Kenton and Jolene is like going on a double date with a couple who've just started going out together and they keep doing that mock row thing. Mm. All right, don't get moody. Oh, I know my place, don't I? Oh, I don't know why I put up with you. And lots of fake hitting until you lose your temper and feign food poisoning so you can go home early. Actually, with Wayne Tucson at the helm, you probably wouldn't even have to fake the food poisoning, particularly if you were gluten intolerant. The end. Oh, that was good this week. Thanking. Right. I, I enjoyed that this week. Now, I'm getting deja vu all over again, vis-a-vis Josh and Neil. Is Wasn't that just like Tom and Neil about 12 yeah. years ago? Yeah, with the pigs, yeah. That's why, you see, they can't be asked, so they're just recycling old storylines and they think that we won't notice. Mm, I noticed. Yes. And he just, just Josh just sounds like uh, old Tom before he became yeah. new Tom. Yes, 
yes, after the death of John. Like, yep. That phase of Tom. Yep. You know, budding entrepreneur, upsetting everybody in the village. Yeah. Uh, all these people Talking he's working about profit with. endlessly. And, yeah. you know, it's not all mm. about profit, Josh. And being a little bit shifty. Yeah. You know, all yeah. sharp, dependent. Impatient, telling everyone they're old fashioned, impatient. Mm, yeah. And it's yeah. just like, it's just like Pip as well. It's like they found this, they found this um, universal storyline, which was the new generation, uh, you know, dis- the younger generation disputing the methods of the older generation. They just do it with wearying regularity every two years. Mm. They did it with Tom. They did it with Pip. Now they're doing it with Josh. Mm. Yes. <sighs> anyway, uh, shall we go to the phone lines or would you like to talk about Prince? You can talk about Prince if you like. Um, I haven't got an awful lot to say about Prince, to be honest with you. I thought he looked really cool on his rocking horse with a barmer, though. What? <laughs> Wasn't that really sweet? It was. And he had monogrammed pyjamas. How are you going to grow up a normal child when you're wearing monogrammed pyjamas? Well, if your grand... If... Yes, Rob! They can get on... <laughs> if your great-granny is on all the money, you're not going to grow up normal, are you? Yeah, that's true. Regardless of what initials are on your PJs. Yeah. Mm. Though... For somebody who doesn't think an awful lot about the monarchy, I actually quite like that picture where he was on... The, he wasn't on, like, four books stood up, was he? He was on something. I thought that yes, was actually quite rubber, sweet. Rubber, what did they say? Rubber maps or something. Yeah, I, I thought that was actually quite sweet. Yeah. Uh, they, they, you know, the royal family, they know how to just melt people, just to get people at that sweet spot, don't don't they? You know, you don't, you don't think about... Well, I don't, anyway you know, d- d- leading me life. And then you see that little picture and you go, that's actually quite sweet. And you go, no, no, we should be a meritocracy. <laughs> <laughs> I should be able to be the head of state if I want to be. <laughs> you can think a small child is sweet without having to give him most of your taxes. To be fair, we don't give We're most British. of our taxes oh, to the rule. It's, it's quite a small percentage. Yeah, it's just, it's a symbol of, of what of what they represent. It winds up a whole lot. I think of everyone should have to donate through Patreon for a <laughs> I think they might end up getting more money than they get through the taxes because I think there's a, <laughs> so there's a lot of people. You'd call like it Patreon. I, I I I don't mind them, but I've said this before. But anyway, this is you know what we're doing, Lucy. Are we diverting wildly from the? point in hand mm. now and at this point the floor is yours freeman oh for my rant well you said you had something to say I, I, so I, I'm, I, I'm i have i'm bowing and i'm graciously walking backwards i have watch out look behind you i have uh, exchanged various text messages with you over the weekend have i not uh one or two one or two about mm. the fact that now leicester I'm city very very <laughs> Closing and in on the premiership. Yeah, You're yeah. as excited as me. Yes, I am. Definitely. Mm. Um, do you remember that episode of Frasier where uh, where uh, Martin's trying to get Niles interested in sport? And Niles said, yes, sometimes I cannot sleep for fear of, of uh, no, for excitement about which team has hit the ball through the other team's thingy. <laughs> That's <laughs> the Anyway, um, I was feeling very, 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 very cross mm. over the weekend. And 
Okay, let's start from the beginning. But actually, since I've heard a lot of your calls this morning from the mm. Call of Inneras, mm. uh, you have soothed my savage breast because I, so many of you are on the, the same sort of, on the same page, as they say, as me, that I have, I am feeling less like a grumpy old cow now. Because it's horrible when you think you're the only one that thinks something and you think, what's wrong with me? And then lots of other people go, no, I do too. And you think, hurrah. Um... Basically, as you know, as I have bored on at great length before, mm. I have been listening to the Archers for several million years. And I it's like when you come back from holiday, you're a little bit looking forward to whatever the post has brought. And it's always terrible and nothing. And you kind of quite looking forward to listen to the Archers because you've missed it. And you want to know, you know, how are these people doing that I care about? I am now officially and properly and honestly at the stage where I don't care. And I have never been at this stage before. I have had two nightmares about Rob and Helen um, so far. I am finding it unbearable. I listen to... I don't do soaps and I don't do kind of in general and I don't do... Um, the Archers of, uh, soap. Sorry? I know, sorry. Uh, docudramas. And I don't do sort of shock prurience. Mm. And that is what I feel we are getting unrelentingly now. There was a rumour going round that they were altering the storyline depending on social media. And that looking at the reaction, they were tweaking the storylines to sort of fit in with what people wanted or what they felt the general audience reaction was. I don't know whether that's true or not. I don't think it is. But it just feels as if we are being manipulated and storylines are being put through mangles. We are being put through mangles. It's not even making logical sense about why would Pat and Tony happily take... I know they have some residual guilt about Helen, um, but why they'd be allowed to take Henry in to see Rob when it robs the... You know, they don't know what... The police don't know what's going on with Rob. Uh, Henry's a key witness um, apparently he's just allowed to trot around everywhere um, and stay with the mothers of the mother of the, the, the parents of the defendant and it's just the fact I know, I appreciate I am desperately sorry for anybody that has been through this in real life I am desperately sorry for anybody that has been stabbed in real life I'm desperately sorry for any child whose parent has been involved in but I can't go on feeling sorry for everybody all the time and wishing th and, 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 and keeping having to remind myself, oh, isn't it well acted? Oh, isn't it well written? Oh, isn't it well acted? It was, I don't care anymore. I want it to stop. And I want it to stop in a nice fairy tale, soapy way in which Rob is run over by a don't care what and goes to prison for a long time and Helen comes back and everyone's happy and they all live happily ever after. That is what I want. I want to get back to caring about other people. I haven't got any energy left to care about this storyline because it has gone on for too long. And now it's going to keep carrying on because there's going to be all this nonsense about who's got care of Henry and where the new baby goes and blah, 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 blah. And we've got months and months of, as Ms. Alliance said in a call, of being gaslighted by this entire family um, listening to the village getting all get the wrong end of the stick everywhere, listening to Pat and Tony betraying their daughter every time they open their mouths. Mr. O'Connor has said he's going to come back to the archers. Um, there is no let up 
in on the horizon. There is that I just cannot see one coming. And for the first time, we're not recording next week because uh, you're getting uh, Royfield's getting settled in um, in wherever the hell it is he's going, and we. And uh, that's the first time, and I do not intend listening. I didn't hear last night's. Um, I picked up from Twitter that yet another ludicrous twist had occurred. I am not going to listen to the next fortnight, and that will be until I come to do the next Dumpty Dum. But that will be the first time I have ever willingly missed a fortnight, and I cannot tell you how much I'm looking forward to it, to not having to brace myself before I turn the radio on. And that's, you know... That doesn't make me feel very happy, and I'm sure I'm on my. I'm not. I'm not. I don't think I'm on my own in this, but I know that I'm not. I'm not saying that I'm representing anybody else. I'm just talking about me. But I am shocked at how much this storyline has got to me, and how much it's actually put me off the entire program. Something that I never thought would happen. <sighs> That's it. Well, if you're still there, have you gone off to do tax return or something? <laughs> yeah, 2018. You, you were that long. <laughs> Well, I hear you, right? And I know we shouldn't really talk about Sunday's episode, but I to say I was stunned uh, when I he- heard Sunday's That's episode. That's the third time we've said we've been stunned. If this is realistic, we shouldn't be stunned. You're stunned maybe, you know, four times in your entire life. We've been stunned now three times in a mm. month. And... When I grow up, I want to be New York Nigel because he articulates oh, yeah, everything absolutely. so yeah. well. Um, you know, I don't know why I do this podcast, right? You should, you just, just get him on for me, Lucy, <laughs> <laughs> because he's brilliant. Yeah. And I've, I've said it, uh, I've said it ad nauseum, but it's just balance. And it doesn't matter about the amount of, um, I was going to say screen time, air time, air time, that uh, the, 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 the inhabitants of Blossom Hill Cottage get. It's the emotional weight. Yeah. And, it, it, and it is the, the, the various tricks that are dramatic tricks, tropes, um, that are employed to keep us su- supposedly entertained. And... It's just too much. That's what it is. It's just too much. And if this was an afternoon play and we knew it was all going to be over in 45 minutes, you could sit there chewing your fingernails and, you know, and and put up with all that. But Mm. when it's stretched out and eked out over, you know, they've said this is going to go on for months, at least, if not years. And the ramifications of it will go on for years. Mm. It's too much for me. It it is just too much for me. There are other characters in this village and and we need, you know, and they they need some airtime. They really do. And they can do all the... And it's so patronising to think, oh dear, look, people, people, um, uh, I think people are getting a bit upset about Robin Ellen. Oh, let's just give them, let's just give them a shepherd's hut and and, and Eddie and Linda doing a bit of bouncing around shepherd's hut. That would break the bed, you know. That would be it. They'll be fine then, they'll be fine. Piss off. (laughs) To be fair, right, it was a trestle table. I and... don't care what it was. <laughs> and it was Robert and Linda actually broke it. It really, you know, you know. Where's Kate? Where's, 
you know, the yeah. people just, that we... Just, just whilst you, you can have, have and you can be hugely right, irritated by Kate. And I am lines. all the time. She's she a great character. She's absolutely a great character. But I don't she have is. to carry her around with me in my head for the rest of the week. Mm. That's what I'm fed up with. I yeah. want my head back. And they the, haven't got the right to do this. I and there needs to be some plausible explanation as to where Kathy is considering she is Pat's best friend look at what Pat is going through yes absolutely even if it was a case of I've just come off the phone to her even if she just said that I've just come off or Kathy's gonna pop round later then you go okay you don't need need, don't need to hear her but spontaneously combusted like Chris and Alice and everybody else Mm. anyway just Really, Lucy. and they're lurching Lucy. after headlines, Lucy. and it's you know, Lucy. Well, you, you need to have some chamomile tea or something. Have a sit down, <laughs> I'm love. Sorry. <laughs> I had two espressos. That's probably... <laughs> no, that's the wrong thing. That's the wrong thing. <laughs> and just, just, just whilst you have have a little sit down, right? Um, why don't we go to the phone lines? Hello, Ambridge 3962. Who's first, Lucy? Uh, Ms. Alliance, who says a lot of the same things as me, so I don't need to go through all that again. You'll be pleased to hear. Good evening. This is Miss Alliance speaking from suburbia. I'm speaking from my marvellous kitchen, and I have a venison casserole in the oven. I just wanted to phone in and say how unbelievable it was to me that Pat and Tony obeyed Rob Titchinob's command, and a command it was, it wasn't a request, to take little Henry into the hospital without even thinking of asking for legal advice. Goodness knows we've got, they've got a fantastic domestic violence-related barrister on tap, as well as Usher's own legal colleague. I just don't understand it. And I'm finding this really unbearable now. The actual emotional abuse was bad enough, but to think we've got many, many months, possibly years, of being gaslighted collectively by that family and having to sit through the preamble and the legal things that don't make sense and people's behaviour and pat. Oh, well, don't get me started on Pat, for goodness sake. I think that Pat and Tony decided that they weren't going to take legal advice because actually deep down they still believe the titchy knobs. And I think they're going to make terrible witnesses in their own da- for their own daughter's character. It's grim, isn't it? Um, yes, ridiculous that, um, that, that Pat said, Oh, yes, Rob, of course we'll bring Henry into hospital. When she's already said that Rob was cruel, that Rob, you know, she had, Pat has said that she has suspicions about Rob. Mm. And now, you know, she's quite happily taking him into hospital to see, uh, to taking Henry in, you know, a vulnerable child. It's just ludicrous. Um, Also, Mr. Lights, I think you may have chipmunks in your Albion. There's a very, very strange (laughs) noise going on in the background. I'm not sure what it is. Sounds quite interesting. Uh, you'll have to ring in again and tell us what it is. Um, also, you know, when Anna Toboggan talks mm. to Helen, mm. it's almost like she's counselling her. 
you know, she's so I know that they have to be kind of um, very cautious about what they say to to to. But isn't there a psychotherapist that should be talking to Helen or some sort of mental mental health support rather than leaving? Because it's like the barrister is trying to coax Helen into a better mental state. And that's not really a barrister's job, is it? Um I wouldn't have thought it was their primary job, but if she is an expert um, women who've been suffering from uh, domestic abuse, I think it's probably part and parcel of her, right. um, you know, of her approach really that she knows these women have been traumatized and uh, do need a certain amount of um, counselling. So yeah. that to me actually can't kind of makes sense because because okay. you, you have to tread so carefully. Yeah, um, you know, so. Mm. I, I think that bit of, of the whole thing uh, rings very true to me. But, you know, if I wanted CSI Borsitcher, um, mm. you know, I'd be listening to CSI Borsitcher. I, I want the archers and I don't want all this kind of cops and stabbies and solicitors mm. and barristers stuff. It just doesn't feel to me very ambridge. Um, however, um, yeah, it, she, she seems like a, a very competent barrister and I'm sure she'll get her are Helen off uh, to a degree, um, you know, when the time comes. But anyway, whatever's. Hello, Royfield, Lucy, Millibel, and our sister and brother Dumpty Dummers all around the globe. It's New York Nigel here. And how wonderful to hear Terry. I can't tell you how much I miss him and Vicky's cheery tones, and so far, what a missed opportunity with Bethany. Just a couple of things this week. Uh, what was with that weird archer's party? It was like a vignette from La Chambre Discrète de la Bourgeoisie, sort of surrealist tribute to a 49-year-old, a 90-year-old, and a 400-year-old, and all we got from it was a bit of after-dinner chat. And a quick note on the story that ate Ambridge. I'm tired of reading that the long-time listeners are shocked that the real world has invaded the archers. Well, you know, they couldn't be more wrong. We're used to rapes and dogfights and burglaries, hold-ups, fatal traffic and farming accidents, arson, alcoholism, Alzheimer's disease, suicide, depression, extramarital affairs, interfaith marriage, prison sentences, gambling and drug addiction. I don't know what real world they're living in. I mean, New York can't hold a candle to all of that. More happens in a week in Ambridge than in a whole season of the dreary Downton Abbey. It's just a pity that some of these threads haven't been explored as thoroughly as the Helen story. We don't care we listen to a soap. And we're well able to make fun of ourselves, as this wonderful podcast proves. But there's a difference between a soap opera and a soap box. I'm all for opening our eyes to the horrific hidden crime of domestic abuse and the consequences for women in the judicial system. I'm proud that this program has taken it on. I'm grateful that it has brought something out of the shadows into the national stage. And I'm really moved by our engagement with the story, like Goddess Divas. But the programme itself has suffered from the overtoppling weight that the producers have made this story bear. Not only have the people we thought we knew so well undergone character transplants, 
we wouldn't bat an eyelid now if the plot line required Susan to become the soul of discretion or if Pat had turned out into a simpering, indecisive victim or if some of the sharpest minds and most gossipy characters in the village suffered from a collective rob amnesia. The stories also had introduced us to a plethora of new characters. It's swamped a thousand other half-baked plot lines and it's made a nonsense of the friendships and relationships we know exist. Pat and Kathy, Ian and Helen, Tom and Roy. What happened with that budding friendship between Helen and Emma? And where are Chris and Alice? So the producers and scriptwriters have said, look, here's an issue. Stop complaining. Forget everything else that's been happening for the last two years. If you complain, you're a stodgy old traditionalist who can't bear the modern world intruding into Ambridge. Well, stuff to that. Surely the producers and writers can do more than one thing at once. For the last couple of years, they've made half-baked lemon drizzle mess of a whole bunch of stories. Root B, Adam and Ian, Barrow Farm, Kenton's Breakdown, Hazel Woolley, Vicky and Bethany, Matt and Lillian. Well, anyway, of course, I'm still excited to see how they organise the way out of the mess. I want them to, with a bit of integrity, to bake more than one cake at a time. I'm sorry to rant. I love the bed bouncing of Linda and Eddie and Justin and Lillian. And I'm looking forward to meeting some of you in about a week's time. In the meantime, à la prochaine. Et merci beaucoup. New York, Nigel. Thank you for saying what I was groping around trying to say earlier. Um, but yes, not to go through all that stuff again. Yeah, yeah the party. That was the, the single most joyless party ever. And the entire, you know, the 49th birthday. Oh, yes, that well-known celebration. The news agents are full of cards. Thank you, congratulations <laughs> on your 49th. What? Um, but they do have to do these parties and things because they need to claw in current events. So they needed to talk about the queen's birthday and elizabeth the archer and the queen and, blah, blah, blah. and um the, it was like when i don't know if anyone was listening oh well, i'm sure you were i don't know when if you new york nigel were listening when diana died and um 9-11 and it was all but diana died was very funny as so pap's going have we finished with those yogurts wasn't it a shame about the princess of wales anyway <laughs> you know it was kind of you could tell that they'd sort of clawed it in afterwards um so yeah, it's just, I, we just have to go through this uh, nonsense because they need to, you know, it's the BBC and they need to comment on <clears throat> stuff that is of national importance, clearly, yes. But it, is, it isn't just, just that, but also it's just a contrivance to have characters interacting. Um, Where were I, Elizabeth's children, by the way? Well, Freddie was probably burning something down, wasn't he? Didn't he go a bit delinquent about 18 months ago, which has all been forgotten about yes. because we, we, we do all characters in equal amount of detail on the archers don't we of course so mm. we all know exactly what's happening exactly with alice the nuclear physicist wedding planner nothing's going on there <laughs> well she's got no weddings to plan i'll oh, tell you where alice is she's in north korea with king john ah, Warner, you know working on his not. nuclear reactors yeah there and you go still not clearing her throat and blowing her nose which is <laughs> <laughs> Who's the next caller, Lucy? <laughs> ah, do, do you know, this is cheering me up. No end. 
Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling Toss salads and scrambled eggs Mercy Greetings, Lucy Royfield, Millie Bell, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. First, a tip of the hat to Lucy. After one week of acute withdrawal from the storyline we all both love and loathe, with the return of Voldemort, I mean Rob, even more vile than ever, I now agree with Lucy, and I'm happy to hear about all things green and pleasant in Ambridge. So just a couple of brief notes regarding those goings-on. I liked how Linda stood firm with Eddie on the construction of the shepherd's hut. I know she can be condescending at times, but she's paying for his services, so she should get what she wants and not let Eddie get away with doing shoddy work. I wish more people were this assertive in Ambridge. Well, I guess one such assertive person is Josh. Although we didn't hear directly from him this week, the scriptwriters are certainly setting him up to be the Simon Legree of the village for the next 50 years. Now back to all things unpleasant. First, a rant about Shula. How dare she refer to Helen's case as hopeless when she knows she lied to the police about Rob. Not only do I hope she comes clean, but I hope she's thoroughly embarrassed and maybe even punished when she does so. I'm sure others will be talking about the slimy, lying, lower-than-a-rat-dragging-a-slice-of-pizza-in-a-subway-station, Rob, so I won't belabor the obvious, just to say that I'm not surprised he dragged Kirsty's name into the mud. There's no defense like a good offense. I just hope that Helen gets the help she needs and that Anna picks up the pace in her sleuthing. It makes no sense to me that she can't talk to Kirsty. Again, the difference between the American and British versions of Law and Order. And why hasn't Jess stepped forward to help out? To quote a word from Love Actually, enough. Well, at least until next time. Millie Bell has asked me to share how I became a regular contributor to our family of Dumpty Dummers. Gee, I don't know how it all happened. Sometime in early 2015, I saw a reference to Dumpty Dum on another Facebook site. And as an inveterate podcast listener, I decided to check it out. Of course, I instantly fell in love with all of you, and after a couple of episodes, I thought, gee, I have a few things to say about the residents of Ambridge, and the rest is history. Handsome husband thinks we're all a bit cuckoo, but I'd be out of a job if people weren't off kilter. Looking forward to co-hosting our New York City gathering on Monday. Please let Royfield or me know if you can make it. Now, Angus, Scottish husband, and I have to get ready for a Passover Seder. Angus says he's not looking forward to the matzah. And we'll post pictures next week. Talk soon. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Julie from Pickering. Mm-hmm. Hi, Royfield and Lucy. Julie from Pickering here. Last week on Dumpty Dum, there were a few people kind of musing about why Jess didn't become pregnant when she was with Rob. Now, I've been mulling this over really since, oh gosh, since just after we learned that uh, Helen was pregnant. And this is my theory on it all. I may be way, way out of the ballpark here. That Jess didn't become pregnant because she was taking a pretty reliable uh, form of birth control. And Helen was adamant that she didn't want to become pregnant. And yes, it seems that after that night, the, the, the first night where uh, Rob appeared to get a drunk and rape her, 
she becomes pregnant. So we assume that that was the night that uh, the baby was conceived. Now, if you are wanting to not have a baby, if you're not wanting to have a baby, you take some pretty reliable method of birth control. And my theory is that Helen wasn't that she was using perhaps a barrier method rather than a hormonal method of birth control. And I think that Rob got Helen drunk, sort of forced himself upon her, not with the intention of raping her per se, because as we know, Rob didn't need to get Helen drunk to to, uh, force himself on her recently. But I reckon it was all about the birth control. And he got her drunk so that she couldn't then use her barrier method. So looking forward to this next podcast and uh, still hanging on to every episode. Doodles. Julie from Pickering, I could not agree with you more. There was a long time ago when Rob was talking to Helen. Uh, Helen said to Rob, how come you never had children with Jess? And he said, oh, because Jess was ridiculous and thought somehow I was going to turn her into some sort of submissive housewife mother trapped at home, which obviously now has huge prescience because of what has How did I miss that? I don't know. I only heard it because I listened to the Archers collect. It said, uh, Rob and Helen, how did we get here? And it was a collection of the whole key points of the whole uh, Rob and Helen relationship. Wowzer. So Jess refused to get pregnant. And yes, Julie, I agree. It was because she was taking... Uh, some form of uh, very comprehensive birth control. I think that Helen wouldn't take the pill because she would say it was too chemically and it would unbalance her hormones and all that sort of stuff because she is very natural and she likes all that sort of thing. So I would imagine exactly that. She's using some sort of barrier method and um, that, that was the reason why uh, she um, the, the the rape was a, absolutely about it was about control obviously because rape always is but it's also about um, there I go again with my feminazi statements um, <laughs> <laughs> silly little me um, uh, but also because you know she would want to be natural and so Rob's thing with the, the rape was about control and it was about categorically about getting her pregnant because she'd said no i don't want to yet so he had to then force her to do it here here julie from pickering stephen perkins oh yes hello dumpty dum it's stephen perkins here again um i'm just calling in because i am quite confused about what's going on with henry at the moment particularly after listening to this week's episodes um obviously i know that helen is not allowed any contact with him because he's a key witness in her trial and that much makes sense i understand that um i don't really understand why rob is allowed to see him and why presumably um after this week's visit with pat and tony that henry would be allowed back unsupervised with him particularly um, because surely uh, as a key witness in the case he shouldn't be allowed to speak to anybody else who's involved with it uh, and to that matter I don't really understand why they are assuming that Pat and Tony aren't coaching him uh, every spare minute they get as well to say things that are going to exonerate Helen obviously I realise that he's only five and he has got to live somewhere but it does seem very confusing to me that all these people who could potentially contaminate him as a witness have got basically free range to go and uh, uh, potentially ask him all manner of things that could uh, alter his testimony. Um, so, yeah, I really am just interested to see if anybody out there knows the legality of all this and, and what actually would happen in the real world, uh, assuming, of course, that the Archers is not the real world, which we all know it is. Uh, thank you very much. Okay, yes, as we've said before, complete nonsense about Henry. He's living with the, he's living with the parents of the woman that tried to murder the husband 
husband. He's got access to the husband. He's apparently no social care, no no um, mental health care. He's just being left. And but you know, Stephen, when you said that, that, that Pat and Tony might be trying to coach him, but Pat and Tony would be probably coaching him to entirely incriminate Helen because that's all they seem to be doing at the moment. Just open their mouth and say, "Oh yes, she was completely nuts." And uh, yes, quite frankly, we're amazed she didn't kill him earlier. To be honest. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, whole thing, ludicrous, don't care, blah, blah, blah. Are we really giving these calls due <laughs> deliberation? <laughs> but the calls this week... When are... you end Ugh. by saying blah, 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 right, no. I, 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 I worry about our... No, I didn't you know... mean blah, 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 Stephen Perkins. I meant mm. blah, blah, blah. We've said all this before. It is nuts. Mm. And also the calls this week are so sharp and so good that... Uh, we are superfluous, I believe. All right. Fair Particularly dues. Goddess Diva's call, yes. which is concise and obscene in equal measure. <laughs> That's going to upset a couple of listeners. Yes. You know, because uh, a few... On the no, Twitters... Not obscene, not obscene. Oh, Swear. okay. Swearing. It's... No, but the... that's I it. Know. That's no. it. No, yeah. they're, they're There's a small free. but vocal yeah. vociferous minority of uh, dum de dum listeners that uh, think that there is too much innuendo and as my grandmother used to say Percy Filth on this show <laughs> Percy Filth? Yeah, Percy That's Filth great <laughs> Why Percy Filth? I don't know and my there's, grandma grandma's past I can't, I can't ask Percy her now no, 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 no she used to call it Percy Filth we don't want <laughs> any of that but said with a Jamaican accent <laughs> Percy mm. Filth should have a regular spot on this show, I think. <laughs> no, he has one on the show. The I one Percy Filth off. Oh, yeah, I think Percy Filth is a bit like Percy Thrower. And he's like sat in like a big comfy like settee uh, and in, in the corner of this show uh, coming out with his filth. Yeah. And, and, that, and they're saying they want him off. They want him out. Right. If you cleaned up your potty mouth, Lucy, we'd have more listeners. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness, if we took out the innuendo and the swearing, there wouldn't be anything left, would there? There'd be you going blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> for, for commentary on listeners' calls. That's it. Goddess Diva, we wouldn't the have The this week, stuff happened, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Mm. Hey, Dumpty Dum, Goddess Diva here. Not got very much to this week, apart from to thank everybody for the mass outpouring of love after my last call. Things are getting better. Things are getting much, much better, and... And the goddess is hanging in there, even though she's now wearing purple. I'm going to get another tattoo because of the death of Prince, but hey. So, Archer stuff, all I'm going to say is, Tony, you need to f*** the way off now. That's it. That's it. Tony, just f*** off, you f***ing prick. That's it. All right. Lovely. Goddess Diva. Bye. So, is, is that Goddess Diva done with then? Yeah, pretty much. I think it's self-explanatory. <laughs> right. Who's, who's next? Uh, Jojo Sexy Heels. Oh, right. Hi there, Dumpty Dummers. It's Jojo Sexy Heels here. This is my third attempt to try and get this uh, message across. So congratulations to the scriptwriters and the actors for that very believable portrayal of an abusive relationship. I know I predicted that it would be Helen that attacked Titchy Knob in uh, episode 102, I think. But I did get it a bit wrong because I said I thought she would do it sleepwalking. Anyway... I phoned in because I especially wanted to praise 
the choice of background music for that particular episode. Two particular tracks, the choice of Lying Eyes by the Eagles with the lyrics, she wonders how it ever got this crazy and you sure know how to arrange things. You set it up so well, so carefully. In retrospect, very ominous and predicting what was to come. But then we had the choice of Amy Winehouse singing, You Know I'm No Good. It was chilling when you actually listen to those lyrics. I cried for you on the kitchen floor. Yeah, um, that was true, wasn't it? And then my stomach drops and my guts churn. You shrug and it's the worst. Who truly stuck the knife in first? I told you I was trouble. You know that I'm no good. I absolutely was stunned when when I was hearing the background music, knowing the lyrics myself. And I'll never be able to hear those tracks again without actually recalling those those words in this episode. The extra episode that we had that week um, with all the professionals' views and clarifications was fascinating. And it just goes to show why us dumpty dummers should be giving our professions when we first call in, because it's this sort of contribution that enriches our enjoyment, if that's the right word for an episode like that. So well done, Royfield, for gathering the the assembled masses for that. And then finally this week, um, again, we had the background music, Ain't No Sunshine When She's Gone, with the additional words of, and she's always gone too long every time she goes away. Well, if that's not a prop prediction, what is? Yes, I think there is, whoever is in charge of the music clearly knows their stuff and clearly listens to lyrics um, because there's been some amazing uh, choices. I agree. I was kind of vaguely aware of it. I wasn't as aware of the lyrics as now you've pointed them out. But yes, enormous amounts of thought have gone into that. Mm. Not a lot else, but that. (sighs) Go on then. You've got the emails now. Oh, this sounds. We like have Cosmo. a financial statement, uh, which it did. Well, Cosmo received it. It was supposed to mm. go to the chief financial officer of Damara, uh, and they happen? sent it to is Cosmo. He, by is mistake. he their chief accountant um, or something? No idea. He's hacking them, I think. Uh, in our annual audit, we've become deeply concerned about one recent investment, Borchester Land Limited, and would comment as follows: Damara bought a majority shareholding in Borchester Land, which owns the Berry Farm Estate in Ambridge. Um, you reported last year that the Ambridge area would enjoy massive infrastructure development and the estate would benefit from these developments, which we now gather will not happen, leaving you with a large tract of farmland with no development potential. Very true. Uh, at acquisition, the chair of BL, a farming expert who had started a major dairy product on the estate, was forced to resign and replaced by a lawyer with no farming experience. Uh, the dairy manager then pulled the wool over the eyes of the estate manager whom you have been forced to redeploy on a minor estate in Scotland irregularities and losses were unacceptable until the chairman Justin Elliott decided personally to get the operation back on track what were the rest of the management doing um, uh, the closing of the, 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 the dairy uh, and the grain growing business led to huge write-offs in terms of capital and the partial subsidiary, undermining the value of shares owned by the minority shareholders who were not consulted. Reappointing the former chairman is the first sensible decision made. <laughs> Hurrah for Brian! Additionally, that was me. Additionally, we have become aware that Damara has issued a credit card to a non-employee and the expenses being occurred are questionable as they are not business expenses but seem to relate to clothing <laughs> boutiques in Borchester and Felpshire. 
You must be aware that this is outside the company's remit to pay for clothing for any staff other than protective clothing in the course of executing duties and that it is illegal to provide a credit card for purchases outside the normal course of business. Damara would fail the well-known Daily Mail test. This credit card appears to be used by one Mrs. L. Bellamy, who owns Amside, which is in partnership with BL in the development of Felpersham Cattle Market. Cosmo, your memory is astonishing. Given that this is a linked individual to the group, you must ensure full HMRC reporting for employment tax purposes, and we would urge that the card be withdrawn at an early date. I'd suggest that Justin should be withdrawn at an early date. How long is it going to be before uh, Lillian moves in with, uh, with, with Justin? Being, bearing in mind, she has basically done his house up. She's done her house up and he's paid for it mm. in her style. And now he's living there by himself. It's ridiculous. So why doesn't she just move in? She clearly wants to. He nearly, clearly wants to too. I'm not sure what she's, he's paying her for. It's sort of like being uh, a prostitute <laughs> with contacts. <laughs> She's a prostitute with an address book, which most of them have, to be honest, but the address book is usually a bit of an issue and something that people want mm. to get shot off, not encourage. But well, yeah, they haven't done the deal Absolutely yet. Nuts. So you can't really call her a prostitute. That'd be grossly unfair. No, they did a lot of bouncing on the bed, though, didn't they? Ooh, Justin, I haven't had so much fun for ages. <laughs> God. Uh, right, Ooh. next one. Libby from up north. I love the archers. I am 13 and all my friends think I am sad. Libby, don't listen to them. They are idiots. I have been listening to the archers for about three years. I would like to add that the Helen story is an amazing plot line to follow to educate people about domestic abuse and cohesive control. Coercive, yes. Coercive control. I was disappointed about the way it played out. Weren't we all? I would like to have seen her break away and grow strong again. That would have been even better for the cause. See, out of the mouths of babes and sucklings. Thanks for your um, amazing show, Libby. What is, what well done, the, Libby. What, we love you. Keep what listening. is the upper and age of a dumb diddler? You, you're sad. Ever. Do, is it 12 or 14? Um, I don't know. Well, she's a dumb diddler. 14. Well done, Libby. She is. Yeah, yeah. You're on your, she's a senior dumb diddler. You're on your senior year of being a dumb diddler. Well done. Yes, she's... And seriously, don't let anyone tell you you're sad for doing something that you like. Ever. Um, Scarlet Sparrow. Hi, you two. I, I like this one. I returned from the Philippines on Sunday after two weeks scuba diving. The last thing I heard was the Thomas goes down the waste disposal horror and suspected I would miss the denouement while bubbling 30 metres down in the South China Sea. On downloading, my poor husband... Actually, she's put no comma, so it says, on downloading my poor husband. I had no idea you could download a husband. <laughs> who had my attention for 24 hours a day for two weeks. Was seduced to the company of a woman with earphones, sobbing, gasping and cheering for an extended period and muttered darkly when he suggested I take a break to make lunch. <laughs> I made tuna bake. A few things struck me. One, I love Kirsty and want her to be my friend. I will no longer call her Krusty. Two, tuna bake. I knew there would be trouble, as what good, obedient, traditional housewife cooks tuna bake on a Sunday? Surely he would expect to roast with all the trimmings, and a pie made by Emma and Fallon would add insult to injury. Three, Miles has not yet made an appearance. Surely a loving brother would have rushed to the hospital. I predict that he will turn up as a star defence witness with a face horribly scarred after an, <laughs> quote, accident involving Titchy Knob. He will also disclose that Rob tortured small animals in his youth. Four, Ian. He can go to the prison. What kind of friend is he? I liked Ian, but the only comment so far is that he is shocked. 
do something she needs someone she can talk to I agree with Royfield, but I did suspect they would disappointingly make this her route out. Simple and sensational. Love to all, particularly Goddess Diva, sending virtual hug. P.S. <laughs> microphone on order. <laughs> Is that... Oh, fantastic, fantastic. That's it. Um, right, so... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Uh, the other side of this um, advertorial break, there will be some Millie Belt and tweets of the week, or best tweets of the week even. It's the story of a cultural superpower that danced and sprinted its way to success. It brought the world reggae, Colin Powell, Rastas, Hip Hop, Bob Marley and much more. Its story is told to you in full colour for your podcasting ears. It's the story of how Jamaica conquered the world. Search for it on iTunes, How Jamaica Conquered the World. It's probably the best least known podcast in podcastdom. Search for it today. Nineteen fourteen, June, Sarajevo, the heir to the throne of Austria Hungary, Archduke Franz Ferdinand. Assassinated, killed by a Serbian nationalist. About six weeks later, world war breaks out. Germany, Austria, Hungary, Russia, France, Britain, everyone is drawn into it starting in August. And then, will America be drawn in? Listen to the first show exclusively on Mixcloud today and subscribe to us on iTunes beginning January the 18th. From Washington to Obama, 10 American Presidents. The new podcast from Royfield Brown. Do you have a National Trust sticker on your car? Do you think you could be best friends with Kath Kidson? Do you spend hours wandering around the airport looking for an organic quinoa cafe because you refuse to go to Burger King? Then Sarah Smith Cloths are for you. Available from Sainsbury's for the Posher Washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. <coughs> I've just had a look at the Dumpty Dum shop. They've got no tracksuits, but they do do t-shirts, which are very flattering. Nice if you want to show off your figure a little bit. Nick couldn't carry one off, of course, but I can. 
So Royfield has asked me to find out from everyone here tonight where and when do you listen to Dumpty Dum? Hi, I'm Annie and I listen to Dumpty Dum on my MP3 walking from work into the West End and I love listening to it. It makes me look forward to my walk. Hi, I'm Peter and it's Hypno Peter on the Twitters and I listen to Dumpty Dum on my way into work every morning and uh, brings a smile to my face. Greetings again, all Dumpty Dummers. It's Witherspoon here in the greatest city west of the Atlantic to tell you that as part of the Queen's birthday celebration, and I don't mean the second most populous borough of New York, we're going to be receiving a visit from Dumpty Dum royalty. Royfield Brown himself is going to be stopping in Gotham. We will have a grand old Dumpty Dum time on Monday, May 2nd, gathering at 7 p.m. at the Norwood Club, which coincidentally is owned by Handsome Hubby. So Americans, Canadians, and everyday country folk of any other nation, please join us. The address is 241 West 14th Street. And yes, Angus Haggis will be making a special appearance. G'day, everyone. Uh, we've had another really good week on uh, both the Facebook page and on the forum because, of course, the artist is making it easy for us at the moment, there's so many things to discuss uh, with uh, Eddie building for Linda and uh, what's happening with Helen and Rob. Uh, just uh, before we st- I do the roundup, just to let you know that I did put a call out for what question you would like asked of our wonderful podcasters. And Vicky Cole asked the correct question or the question that we chose for this week, which was, please, can you tell us how... Uh, Royfield and Lucy had the idea and got the podcast started in the first place. I'm so glad that you did. We're all glad that they did. And uh, a couple of people supported that. So that's going to be the question that will be answered later on. And my my journey with Dumpty Dum is a bit prosaic in that uh, Dumpty Dum had started. And I can, I don't really know why, but Royfield contacted me and just said, would I like to be involved and to do a Facebook uh, round up of Facebook. Possibly he noticed that I spend far too much time on Facebook. <laughs> now I think about it. And I thought, well, I'll give it a go. I'll probably do it for a, you know, a month or so. And if I don't like it or I get bored, I'll stop. And uh, I love it because I've just got to meet so many people, I think. And I, it, it does make me feel very involved, which I love. Uh, on the Facebook page this week, we asked, if you were Pat, do you think your reaction would be the same as we heard today? I'm pretty sure I'd be way more suspicious of what brought my daughter to stab her husband than Pat seems to be. Now, I posed that question, and I'm really glad that I did because a number of people disagreed with me, and it allowed me to see that my thinking was very personal and I wasn't thinking about it broadly enough. So I'm actually you know, really pleased that people like Liz Figgers said, yes, her reaction is absolutely normal. He's a very strong character even more so when he speaks quietly. Control is his thing, it's what he does. People like him make people feel it's the most common and the most normal thing to do, as he says. He sincerely believes he's the victim. Entitlement. Pat really hardly knows anything yet, and a bit of a guess isn't enough against the compelling reasonableness of someone like Rob. No one apart from Jess and Kirsty can even begin to guess at any of the stuff we know. They just believe the evidence of their eyes. Here is a charming, intelligent bloke 
who nearly died and wants to see his little boy. It literally drives women mad that it's just too easy in court to prove how violent and irrational they are and the man gets custody. If they've worked on the kids, they'll back up the manipulative parent. Women can do it too. How on earth a judge can see wood for trees beats me. I knew from experience the storyline would take this turn, but I still wasn't prepared for it when I heard his voice calmly bossing his mum around and her fussing, desperate to please him. Liz, thank you so much. Uh, You were the first one to respond with that and some other people uh, responded in a similar vein as well as some people being surprised like me. I really appreciate it because I think you come from a completely different perspective for me and so it rounds out the story for me. So thank you for that and thank you for your honesty in your reply. Uh, we also had a bit of a chat uh, about some of the people who are missing, including Kathy, because I thought, uh, well, surely Kathy would be there to support Pat. And we have a very long list and a long discussion about all the people who are missing. So if you would like to get involved in that, you need to jump onto our Facebook page and uh, add your thoughts. On our forum, we continue to have a range of... It's, it's similar to Facebook, but uh, you, you decide on the questions rather than me deciding on the questions. Uh, there is a discussion about Rob and uh, questioning by the police. Uh, someone has put up the post uh, for the situation vacant for the uh, vacancy at the BBC, and we hope that one of our uh, Dumpty Dummers becomes editor. How awesome would that be? I bet we get actors on the program then. <laughs> Uh, Rob Titchener, there's uh, Oh Hell's Bottom, says dubs, Dusty Substances, uh, and I Can't Even, as the kids say, also about Rob, by Lorelai Dudley. Uh, so, again, we, we really encourage you to get involved in that. So if you go to dumptydum.com and look for the forum link at the top, and please get involved. We really do want to hear from you. As Royfield and Lucy say all the time, you are the third part of the relationship, and without you, we don't have a program. So thank you, everyone, and uh, I'll speak to you next week. So hooroo! Uh, So the question of the week is, um, how did we come up with the idea of Dumby Dum? How did we do this, Lucy? We didn't. You did. It was all you. Mm. I thought, and I said to everyone, this bloke's mad. (laughs) Did you really? I did, yeah. I said to Simon, I don't know who this bloke is. And he said, where are you meeting him? Let me know, just in case. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah. Well, I didn't know who you were. You might be a raving lunatic. Turned out you were. But anyway, there we go. Sure. <laughs> so, um, I have said this once or twice before, uh, but for I'm going to try and be brief. So, as people kind of know, I've done a couple of podcasts before. I did a thing called How to Make a Conquer the World. Uh, one of the things which I absolutely uh, do love, and I've mentioned it once or twice, is The Walking Dead. Um, and what really enhanced my enjoyment of watching The Walking Dead was listening to podcasts where people talk about it and kind of analyse the show afterwards. I sat down and was thinking one day, and I thought, hmm... How can I not be known as a kind of political stroke historical podcast creator? I know I'll do uh, a podcast which analyzes the archers. Um, so quite simply, had the idea. I had the idea for a couple of months before um, I bumped into Lucy on the Book of Face. Um, on Twitter. Oh yes, sorry. Well, on you on me Twitter. Of with you. Yeah, you did. There was something. 
I posted something about some piece of music, and then you were all like, "Oh, that's really good." Oh, oh, oh. and anyway, <laughs> you, it was it was all slightly inappropriate. It was all slightly inappropriate, <laughs> and I thought, "Who is this woman?" And and lo and behold, considering what we were communicating about was nothing to do with the archers, it was about a piece of music. On your Twitter bio, you said that you're an archer's obsessive. And then, um, so I kind of clicked on that and you said, also said you were very funny, which I thought was very, very immodest of you. I uh, didn't. You I said did. I'd been in the funny woman, funny women. Yeah, you, but, you'd be, you, but you're bragging. Very braggadocio. Anyway, um, <laughs> so I then looked at your tweets and you'd cracked the odd joke about the archer. So I thought, hmm, could this be the podcast partner I needed. I needed a podcast wife. So we had a little bit of a DM. That was on the Saturday. No, no, it wasn't, but I was available. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so that was on the Saturday. We met on the Tuesday at Royal Festival Hall. Yep. And you looked me up and down all a bit funny. I thought, <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> I bought you a coffee. We had a chat. And then we did the next show on the next Monday and uh, the rest is history. Yeah. Mm. There you go. Thank you, Millie. Um, Now, Lucy, Mm -hmm. it is time for you to hit us with your rhythm stick and tell us about your tweets of the week. Uh, Welsh Witch 68, whoops, said... According to my husband, I could be the new editor as I know how to piss people off. I don't know what he's talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Peter Ordenak said, would now be a good time for Tony and Pat to discuss firing Rob from the shop for taking unauthorised absence? Yes, it would. Uh, This is Anna Tregorin. I love the way that these characters appear and within about a nanosecond, they've got a Twitter account. Anna Tregorin. Uh, <clears throat> Helen's barrister uh, shared her notes with us. It says Pat and Tony, not that bright. Um, Patricia Olympians said spoiler, next week Rob and Ursula try to adopt Tom. <laughs> and Joe DB said Henry's biggest immediate problem is avoiding the shark that I'm fairly sure has just jumped over Blossom Hill. <laughs> <laughs> was tweet of the week if not <laughs> year decade slash millennium uh, that that was quite good that's quite good right um right remember it make you feel better when our listeners you know you sit and stew in your own juice and feel all cross about it and then you listen to our listeners and they're so sensible and and sort of well i say sensible because they agree with me so therefore they're sensible uh but yes it's just lovely it make, makes you feel very reassured mm. no uh, i'm it's... still not listening for a fortnight though and i'm still very much looking forward to it mm-hmm. and when i come back you'll I will ever... have withdrawal symptoms i won't you I won't. will you will you will you can't you can't get through 14 days without listening you know to when the they archers. say an addict you have to hit rock bottom mm. Like it's when you've woken up in a hedge with a cold kebab in your pocket and then you think, do you know what? I'm going to lay off the drink for a bit. I think this is it. I have, I have, I have this, this, this week has been my waking up in a hedge with a cold kebab in my pocket. On the arches. Seriously. Right. When I come back, 
I want them all to be dead. Apart from the ones I like. Uh, who will that be? Um, I want all the silent ones to come back. That'll make for some riveting radio, won't it, Lucy? Yeah. Right then. Well, we're dredging Just... up Frida Fry from the dead as well. No, I don't mean. I don't mean the, the dead silent ones. I mean the. Well, the, what's the... the difference? No, I mean the ones that are, have recently disappoint dis- disappeared. Oh, Chris Carter. Yes. All Alice. Those yes. Kathy. Yes. Lily. Happening to Jamie? Who's Freddie. he working with now? Hmm. I quite like Jamie. Was getting interesting, wasn't no, it? No, I know. Anyway, you know when this all went wrong? If I'll tell you when it went wrong. Do you know I am doing that thing that people do when they're a bit drunk in pubs and they're saying, "I'll tell you what's wrong with the Labour Party." I'm actually tapping my finger on my desk and leaning mm. forward in a Go sort on. of a in a UKIP type Let's way. Let's try not to burn down any bridges okay. that we're just trying to reconstruct. No, 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 Lucy. No. Okay, good. The floor is when- yours. Who was that homeless fella? Daryl. Daryl. When Daryl appeared, had a huge storyline, and then disappeared again. Completely cleared off. Mm. That was it. That was when they decided, do you know what? We can just bring a load of stuff. Mm. It's like having a spring clean when you think you get carried away, especially if you've got a skip. If you've got a skip outside, (laughs) you feel compelled to fill it, even though... You know, and you go wandering around the house. It's a bit like me with my pruning shears in the garden. I prune mm. things that need pruning. And then I go pottering around, ambling around the garden, holding my pruning shears, having a little go at things. And then I kill them. And that's what's happened. It's been over pruned. So you've got one enormous tree mm. that's flourishing and everything else under it and around it is dying. Yeesh. Kew Gardens, there's that big monster flower this week, wasn't there? It smells really foul. Oh, God, it's massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, and it's uh, flowering at the moment, and it lets off this pungent aroma. aroma. Even better analogy than mine. Yes. A stinky flower that's taken over everything. Mm. Uh, right. Now, if, dear listener, you have um, a list of characters that have somehow become mute and you want to unmute them, you can go to dumdydum.com, go onto the forum and you can talk about it. You can put your list there and you can say, I want Chris Carter back because I love his pecs or Alice or whoever. Uh, and what was Alan Frank's daughter called? I know she went off to uh, to Felpersham. She became a, a midwife. Oh, yeah. I liked her. Well, no, yeah. she's, she was a bit annoying, but I did like her. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you can talk about it on the forum and you can, you can debate stuff. So, uh, com is, is the website. Amy, well done, well done. And then her grandmother came in every now and then. Yeah. The good old days. Good, yep. good old days. Yeah. When there was balance in the village. Anyway, Lucy. Mm-hmm. Lucy? Mm-hmm. It's news of reviews. Oh, God, I'm all cross again now. News, news, news of reviews. From the United Kingdom, we've had reviews from D.D. Midders. Sharp, sassy, clever, insightful, and, of course, very funny. That Limerf, thank you, Lucy. Makes me giggle like a loon. As good as Rob Titchener is bad. Bingley Baggy. Another great podcast, Royfield Analysis of Events at BHC, has been brilliant. That's that. That's review of of of, of the week. That is right. spot on. 
Yes, read oh, that again, what, Lucy. What's BHC though? Blossom Hill Cottage. Oh, another great. Um, you want me to read it again? Yes. Seriously, just yes. the part where he's he, yes. he or she. Yeah. Okay. Another great podcast. Roy Fields' analysis of events at BHC has been brilliant. Is that all right? I don't think you quite enunciated that correctly. Just just okay. one more okay. time, please. One more time. <clears throat> I'm doing uh, Susan Ray, clear of the throat and wiggle the shoulders. Another great podcast. <clears throat> Roy Fields' analysis of events at BHC has been brilliant. Can you just stress? <laughs> <laughs> Remember, folks, it's important to help our little show. And you can do that by going on to iTunes and posting reviews. So keep them coming. It's another way you can help us. It's by giving us some of your hard-earned cash. And to do that, you can hit the donate button on our website or... Uh, you can go to patreon.com, search for Dumpty Dump, and you can donate $2 a show, which is about pound thirty. Think of it as sort of legalised mugging. <laughs> it would like chugging. That's what yeah. we are. Yes, we're chuggers. Like, Except you, you don't even have to pretend to be on your phone when we walk towards you. Mm-hmm. Remember, folks, to get in contact with us. You can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on our website, or you can call us on 0203-0313-105 to leave us a telephonic message. Uh, you can find us on social media, specifically on Twitter, where we're at Dumpty Dump. Me, I'm at Royfield. Uh, Sarah Smith, at Sarah underscore Smith. And Harriet, at Shambridges. And remember on the other kind of bastion of social media, Facebook, uh, you can find us there. So you just simply go onto Facebook and type in Dum De Dum and you'll find there are 1,207 like lurkers. And guess how many new ones we've had this week, Lucy? Uh, four. No, it says right in front of you. I know, but I thought you wanted me to pretend that I hadn't heard it. Well, you could have just guessed and said 11 or just... 11! Well done, well done, well done. Your anger, has it been abated somewhat? It has. It's dissipated. I feel I feel calmer. Dumb de dum as therapy. I know. It's quite cathartic. Good, good, good. Right. Now, Lucy, is there anything you would like to say before you go on your two-week I think I sojourn? am spent. I don't think there is anything else I need to say about anything ever again. In fact, my throat is hurting because I have been shouting and laughing and talking so much. Right, then. Uh, shall we say goodbye to our listeners? Yeah, talking of goodbyes, mm. we need to say goodbye to you, don't we? Why is that? Because you're anywhere. going to America. Well, yes, I am. And um, if anybody is around central London-ish on Friday-ish, uh, I'm going to be having some drinks <laughs> ish uh, with a couple of pals, and then I'm going to go and watch um, Captain America Civil War at some point. Uh, about nine o'clock ish so if you um find yourself in and around central london between let's say five and like nine uh right right i know i know i know i know you do the whole jamaican relaxed thing but that is insanely loose (laughs) well i haven't finished yet between five and nine somewhere in central london it's not a sodding treasure hunt well listen you didn't let me finish you didn't let me finish right why don't you send me 
uh, oh God, no, I, I have to say a place then, don't I? What I was going to say, and I'll let it this bit out, what I was going to say was, if you just fancy coming along, send me an email and then, but I might as well just name a place, is what you're saying, just name a place. Well, yes, I mean, it does help people immeasurably oh, knowing God. where they're going. Uh, but say if nobody comes and I feel like a plonker. Don't be daft, of course people will come. Do you want me to come? Yes, please. Oh, all right, then I'll come. Uh, all right. Why don't we meet at? It's got to be somewhere a bit fun. Oh gosh, yes, I know. Wait a minute. What's that place called? Oh God, um, what do you mean fun? Not like Kenton fun. No, <laughs> no, it's not. Not. Have to dress no. Up something. no, 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 no. Um, but if you just happen to find yourself in cent- in the central London area, I will be at the Lord Wargrave public house um which is uh folks i'll tell you exactly where that is um i'll be there on friday it's on brendan street uh which is w1 h5 h e and um it's just off of uh the edgeware road so it's very close to marble arch and edgeware road tube i'll be there from approximately five o'clock to about nine o'clock um so if you just wanted to swing by you could swing by and if you can't uh, I'd understand. Royce, mm? it's okay to say to people, please come and and say goodbye to me without going through this whole palaver about you don't need to if you're busy and don't worry about it and everything else. Because <laughs> people will come, you know. <laughs> well, I... Well... Anyway. I know you're worried that no one will come and then you'll feel like a spanner, but they will come, so don't worry about it. You can but... ask people to do a nice thing for you. That's all right. Oh, well, this is where... I'm being a bit English because it all feels a, a, a bit unnecessary. Don't go to any trouble on my account. I'll be fine. <laughs> exactly. So, so that's that. And then, and <laughs> and if you really want to enter the spirit, in, enter into the spirit of things, you can come along to the cinema with us. Whatever's. All right, smashing. Uh, is there anything more that we need to say, Lizzie V. Freeman? <laughs> no. Great. Um, we've sufficiently embarrassed ourselves and everyone else. That's yes, fine. Good. Yeah. All right. right, Smashing. Goodbye. Goodbye. Even my other half said the other day, why is Brian shouting? And I said, because he's cross about a herbal lay. And Simon said, what's that? that Herbal lay. (laughs) Herbal lay. Don't. Honestly, it's taken me 24 hours. Thanks, Royce. That's all back now. It took me until Sunday evening to stop that. Now you've started it all over again. But Simon got as far as going, <laughs> He was going, what's a herbal? No, don't tell me, it's fine. I thought, I don't want, I'm getting drawn in. I don't want to know what a herbal lay is. <laughs> I only want to know where you herbal lay. All, all the way back from Robin Abbey, I was singing that. <laughs> really well though <laughs> I know I know <laughs> it's too early in the morning to make this impression for crying out loud <coughs> oh <laughs> <laughs> alright this is the next call I don't know
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 